Hello and welcome to Real Talk. My name is Alita, and I'm a singer-songwriter who uses pop rock as a catalyst for hope. Real Talk is a podcast that features prominent figures in the music industry and beyond about deep personal truths and things they wished others would talk about but generally don't. This week's guest is Lou Playa, the founder and creator of Reverb Nation. Lou is an awesome and hilarious person and has been in the business for a long time and has a lot of guidance for new and old artists alike. Uh, my name is Lou Playa. Um, I have a company called Reverb Nation that I founded in uh, 2006 after working for 16 years at the major labels. Uh, I live out in Long Island and I'm a lot older than most of you guys. <laughs> you don't know that. My audience can be old too. <laughs> I know, but I'm old, old. <laughs> no, no, no. They, they're older than you, a lot of my friends. But I'm in my 20s at heart and in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like actually after a certain age, you're still the same age inside, right? It's just the outside that starts changing. Kind of. Very true. So what made you decide to pivot from major labels? I know this isn't what I sent you, but... Um, I mean, basically, you know, when I was at uh, Atlantic, I was in marketing. Um, and then I was, uh, we started Lava Records. Well, Jason Flom started Lava Records, which is an imprint of Atlantic Records. And um, I was the head of artist development and marketing for that company. So we loved, you know, our, our staff and I loved taking unknown artists, you know, that was signed like Matchbox 20 and Kid Rock and- Wow, uh, Max, Matchbox 20 for real? Yeah, yeah, Matchbox 20, uh, Edwin McCain, Blue Man Group, like all these artists that we signed and, you know, taking them from, you know, nothing, uh, you know, unknown. I mean, Matchbox 20 wasn't even, that wasn't even their band name at the time. It was a uh, tap at the secret. Um, and then oh, yeah. after a while, like in, I'd say late nineties, you know, band uh, labels stopped really developing artists. I mean, they, they cut the college marketing departments, they cut the street teams. So uh, when I left Lava, I decided I wanted to do something where we would help out all emerging artists, like unknown artists. And uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, I took the idea to Atlantic Records first and they were like, nah, we don't wanna, you know, we don't wanna get involved with unknown artists right now. Um, it wasn't a so smart money move. Right? Is that they're thinking? Or? Yeah, it wasn't because they don't they don't like to take you know they don't want to take risks. Yeah. Um, especially now, like you know they're signing bands that have you know millions of plays and millions exactly. of so-called followers. Yeah. Um, you- I mean, some do. I shouldn't say <laughs> all of them. Some A and R people do take chances. They do. You know, there are there are a few a year that yeah. will basically sign an artist that has nothing going on, just amazing. Did you, did you, what did you like about the process of taking an artist that was unknown and and bringing them more into the more refined, I guess, for, yeah. what did you like about that? Um, I guess, I guess just the fact that, you know, the artists that were signed were like amazing creatively, mm-hmm. uh, creativity wise, it was just like off the charts, amazing. Um, I'm Jason Flom was just a great A&R guy, still is. Um, but they didn't really have a like a sense. A lot of them didn't even have a brand. Um, a lot of them didn't really know what they wanted to do. So we were able to kind of like say, listen, you know, you think you're a cool band, but you're actually <laughs> um, not. Like one of the bands we were, used to work with was Simple Plan. We're an oh amazing bunch God, of guys. Simple Plan. Yeah. So we we took them from yeah, 
There's one of my plots right there. Oh, um, okay. So we took, uh, you know, we took them from, you know, unknown. They had no fans or nothing. Um, but, you know, they thought they were a cool, you know, really cool band. And I'm like, well, you know, your fans are actually, you know, 13-year-old females. <laughs> and they, you know, they wound up being one of the best pop punk bands ever, probably. Uh, most successful, too. Um, but I like being able to, you know, give my input, my two cents, and showing them the data because they don't have the data on that. You know, they just assume that they're really cool. Yeah. Um, I feel and, like and, definitely a struggle for artists is like, yeah, just this weird ego trap of like, I'm, I'm, I'm the shit. And then you realize, oh, no, I'm not the shit. Yep. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and yeah, and, and a lot of it is just, you know, let the experts, the so-called experts, we're not all experts, but let the people who've been doing it for a long time help, the, help you, the artist, um, so you can go back to doing what you're good at, like writing songs and playing live. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot in that statement that I want. And wanted. then that's what inspired you to do Reverb, right? So what, yes. what can you tell the, them? Yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, keep doing what you love to do. Don't, don't fake it. Um, you know, a lot of people will fake it, and some of them will be really successful at it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it usually doesn't last. The fakers don't usually last. Uh, those are usually your one-hit wonders or something like that. Mm -hmm. Some of them fake it and go a long way. Um, so do what you love to do. And hopefully a manager or a label will come by and will be willing to take the chance. I mean, yeah. I managed one band that really had nothing going on. I just fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes you just find that. Awesome. So Lou, what are you most passionate about in life? Is that, is that it? Is that like, if it's music, uh, what about music? I mean, it's family first. Yeah. Family's first. I have two kids in their 20s, so that's Ooh. the most important thing to me. Yeah. Um, actually, my son just started working for a record label, so it looks like he's following in, in my footsteps. Oh, family yeah. and, and music, you know, I just love, love original music. Um, I have no problem with cover bands either. I, I always say original music when I talk to people, and they're like, they think I'm dissing the cover bands that I go see. I'm not. Uh, there's a place for it and there is not a place for it um but i just love seeing original like unique music something i've never heard before now, there's a million there's not a million there's tens of thousands of great voices um i just want to see a great voice or band you know with with actually some uniqueness to it i don't mm. see a lot of that anymore hmm. why do you think that is i don't know i, I really don't i mean I, I was i was just on a panel the other day um talking to a bunch of artists and i said in my opinion, the greatest music was written in the 60s and 70s, which oh, yeah. is, you know, we, we, had a, we had a war going on and there was, uh, you know, civil, um, you know, injustice and civil rights activism and women's rights and everything else. Um, so the best music was written out of that. Now, with all that's been going on the last year or two with, you know, in politics and COVID, I hope you, you artists are just writing the most amazing music out there mm. because there's a lot to be said. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it's not just talking about, you know, girls and guys and drinking booze and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot to be said right now. How, how have you been surviving COVID right now? Um, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, like I, I mentioned before, I'm, I'm kind of bored. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm busy as hell at work. I mean, it's not like I'm bored working. I'm just bored doing the same things and there's not like a really good outlet out there. So I can see why a lot of people are becoming depressed and stuff like that. I'm not, luckily I'm not depressed or anything, Yeah. but I could see like, you know, spending all these years doing, I've been in the music business for over 30 years. 
And this year alone just changed drastically, not being able to meet with people in my network, you know, in, in the music business, not being able to see music, uh, things like that. It's really, really completely different world I live in right now. Um, and I guess everyone else as well. Um, but I guess the way I'm surviving is, I, I mean, it sounds corny, but I'm just spending more time with my family, which I never really did. You know, I, being in the music business, you work like 80 hours a week. Yeah. You know, I didn't see my kids grow up when, you know, I mean, I saw them grow up. I was, you know, wasn't like a, a I was away <laughs> all the time, but, um, You're like, but you do spend, yeah. what, what happened? <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I was out from you know, <laughs> nine in the morning to four in the morning, a couple of days a week for yeah. 25 years. Wow. And it's cool to get to spend dinner with them and things like that. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. That is, that's something. Yeah. That's very cool. What, so what did you learn about yourself personally in COVID? Um, yeah, that is, uh, I don't know. Um, I guess I have a little bit more patience than I thought, because I thought for sure, after the first few months of COVID, I would be really, really going nuts and I'd be breaking laws and breaking rules. And ask, I'm going to see shows, and, but I actually didn't. I kind of did what everybody else was doing or what most people are doing and yeah. listening to what we're supposed to do. Um, I guess I kind of mellowed out a little bit. Huh. Interesting. That's really cool. I do like to rage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. Here's a fun so, one. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you? Okay, yeah, you 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 hit me up with what this was, and I'm like, what am I gonna say? Because I have a lot of funny stories. Um, I mean, I don't know of one in particular. I mean, I have a, I have one story where uh, I was at a big music event, black tie event. Um, my friend Consuelo asked me to go with her as her date because her husband couldn't go. So that was weird to begin with. Um, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then I went. And I knew a lot of the people there but it was more on the publishing side and it was a total black tie event. And I never get dressed up for anything. I mean, I, when I went to the Grammys, my boss actually brought me a suit. Wow. <laughs> um, so I went to this event and I had a pair of shoes in my closet that I probably didn't wear for like 10 years, like literally 10 years, one of those nice pairs of shoes. As soon as I walked up the stairs in this big event, the heel fell off. I had to literally walk around. Luckily, I wasn't a girl in like high heel shoes, but I literally had to walk around with a with no heel. It was so embarrassing to see all these major executives like Clive Davis and Armin Clive Erdogan. Davis. I read his book. With, you know, walking around with like one shoe. <laughs> so, I don't know if that was the funniest thing, but it came back to me when when you hit that question up. I mean, yeah, I thought it was the funny. hardest thing, but really probably the hardest thing that ever happened to me besides like a death or illness or something was um. When Lava Records shut down in 2005, we were having such success. And they, it was a political thing that was going on internally with the bosses. So they shut us down and they fired all of us. Mm. And I didn't know what to do. I just bought a house and I just had my second kid. Uh, and I was like, I was like, what am I going to do? I've never done anything in my life. I was, I was without a job for the first yeah. time ever. And you know, I guess I was like, maybe I was 30 years old or something like that at the time. Okay. Um, with a brand new house that you know was pretty expensive because I used to make a lot of money back then uh, when I, in my Atlantic Records days. Nice. Um, so that was really hard. What I was going to do with my kids and survive, but uh, luckily I used my idea of Reverb Nation that I took and to how Atlantic did you Records. Think of that? Um, you... When I was at Atlantic, uh, like I was saying, we weren't really developing artists anymore. So I I went to Atlantic Records and then Warner Music Group, 
uh, which owns Atlantic Records. Um, I said, it was like a two page piece of paper. I said, why don't we develop this website where we let all artists come in and create pages and like say there's uh, 200,000 bands. I had no idea there were 10 million. Nobody knew back then how many bands there were. Yeah. Really until MySpace came along. Um, but 1999, my idea was, I have the paperwork that said 1999 on it and everything. Yeah. So why don't we create a site that says, why don't we let artists and fans communicate with each other online? Why don't we let people listen to their music on their computers? We didn't have the cell phones back then. Um, so they all laughed at me. Atlantic Records and Warner Music people said, why would artists and fans want to engage with each other mm. online? You know, it's like, they, they basically laughed. So that went away. So when Lava Records shut down, I took that same two pieces of paper and I met up with a bunch of technology guys that were really smart and new technology because I don't know shit about technology. <laughs> basically, we created, uh, I met with, met with these guys, they liked the idea. We raised money to build this website. And that was it. We were just going to say, let's let's help out as many unsigned bands as possible, um, or smaller bands. They don't have to be unsigned, and give them basic tools. You know, we, we were never going to try to make like a fan site, uh, or not going to try to make a site that's going to make you know someone get huge and successful and rich and stuff like that. We just want like baby steps. Let's give them the basic tools, and then eventually you need a team and money. That's what artists need. They need a team and money mm-hmm. to do. Th- do things. You're not going to ever get on the radio with no money or a team. You're not ever going to get, you know, on a, on a, on a, in a movie, you know, having music in a movie, unless you get sync people on your team and mm-hmm. you know, things like that. You always need somebody. You can't yeah. just do it yourself. And no artist has done it themselves. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, no. Well, that's okay. Actually, we'll go into that actually. So one of the biggest questions for this show is what is some real talk something that you think is super important that people need to hear and it can be directed towards artists for sure it can be directed towards anyone so um i i mean i think people need to be themselves and not fake it i i hate i just i despise phony people um i have a <laughs> tattoo on my arm really so, oh my god Lou. you are what you is <laughs> I love don't that. fake it you know it was a frank zappa song and, and basically I think that holds true as an artist. You should just be who you are without music that you're all about. Mm-hmm. And if nobody likes it, screw it. You'll find some people that will like it. And if it's only a thousand people and not a hundred thousand, then you did your job. You're, at least you're being real, not faking it. Mm-hmm. And I think that holds true, not just with artists, but with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, don't be a liar, especially in the last two years. I mean, I watch the news every day. These people just lie, lie, lie. Both sides, both sides. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, Yeah, so, man, there's so much you talked about. That's interesting. Um, Where do you see the music industry headed, like with everything that's happening, like all the technology? And where do you think Reverb Nation is headed? Like, have you thought about... Like when you project it out 10, 20, mm-hmm. 50 years. Like. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the business is going to, you know, I don't know what's going to change with it. Um, it's all about streaming. You know, I don't think that's new anymore. So I can't even say the new thing is streaming. Yeah. Um, but I and, I, and people are getting paid. I mean, you know, record labels lost money for 10 years in a row and now they're making money again. Mm-hmm. Like the last two years, I think it's been. 
um, there's really good money for artists and labels to make uh, with streaming. You just have to do, you know, you can't make money with a mil million streams. So you do still have to be excellent. Mm -hmm. But I, I think there's going to be a lot less super superstars, but a lot more people that are able to make a living. Like, you know, I know a lot of smaller artists on Reverb Nation that I personally know, and they're happy with making a hundred grand a year. Yeah. Wow. So they, yeah. You know, and they, <laughs> They, they can, that, that's more than enough. They get to do what they love. Um, they could, you know, have a support team, you know, a, the house of their own if they want, a family. Yeah. Um, they just might not ever be able to make a million dollars because they might not want to, you know, become a mainstream artist. So that, that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's okay. And they're doing that all through Reverb Nation? Um, no, no, no. I don't think they're doing, um, I mean, there's definitely artists making money on Reverb Nation. But um, I think Reverb Nation's part in it all is we just want to be, I don't want to say the lowest step, but kind of is almost the lowest step. Like we want, we still want to provide the basic marketing tools, you know, an email system, press kit, you know, things like that, opportunities to get on festivals and to get in magazines that they can't do on their own, um, opportunities to get their music heard by A&R people that we work with, uh, you know, stuff like that. So it's, I don't think we're going to change much at Reverb Nation. Um, I know a lot of people want us to do different things. Sometimes I do too, but we're good at we're good at providing basic tools. So let's keep doing it. Yeah, awesome. Well, Lou, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? If you want them to get in touch with you, or yeah, no, I don't mind. Where would you direct them if they want? Um, Facebook, they could uh, find me on Facebook, Lou Playa, uh, P L A I A. Um, Instagram. Twitter. I don't really go on Twitter that much, but I wouldn't mind starting to get on it again. Um, Instagram, I'm on. I would Oh